Hi, everyone, and welcome to AB Conversations, where we will help you CFP your way out of it, a podcast where you get into the minds of a couple certified financial planners on how we think and feel about everyday financial planning questions and what should really matter most to you. A healthier financial life starts now. How you doing, Adam? Having a good day today? Yeah, actually, I am. (laughs) All right. It's Friday. Gotta love it. Weekends, you know, kind of feel like weekdays anyway at this point, but sometimes. We're getting there. We're getting there. Post-COVID world, coming fast. Let's hope. Yeah, not fast enough. Okay, so today, topic. Uh, It's another one of those questions that I would say we get quite frequently when we meet someone for the first time uh, and you're starting to comb through data and they're sharing kind of their financial history or what they have. It's not uncommon for somebody to say, I have this annuity thing, right? And sometimes it's in that language, like this Mm -hmm. thing I don't fully understand. Now what? What is there something I should be doing with this? Is there something different about it? So let's focus a little bit on that annuity product and ultimately let's get to where it may fit into financial planning or how we deal with it i guess is the point yeah so i joked about this earlier just when we were briefly prepping and i and i said annuities it's like forrest gump they're like a box of chocolates (laughs) you never know what you're gonna get they come in many shapes and sizes there are many different kinds um and they are all somewhat complex in the way that they work um but right. ultimately it's 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 our job to help sift through that and figure out if somebody already owns it what role can it play in their financial life or if there's something that they should be do to do be doing differently with it then we will help you know guide them through their options yeah so let's just start at the beginning an annuity is some sort of investment product but it's a product put out by a specific company and I think that's why we say, you know, the box of chocolate joke, you know, they can come in many shapes and sizes. And at the same time, like you don't really know what you own uh, because every company may have had a little bit of a, a different spin on it or, um, you know, what is in that contract. And I guess that's important to say, too. These are contractual obligations. Yeah. When so, you say specific company, it's their insurance products. It is from an insurance yeah. company that yep. is, is giving this investment option. But to your point, it is contractual to some way, shape or form. Yeah, so let's just cut right to it. If you have an annuity, you were sold an annuity by somebody that can offer an insurance product. It was their solution to potentially an issue or a concern or an objective at that time. So mm-hmm. let's just leave that there. Yeah. What do we as CFPs then look for? Right? If somebody already has this and they're asking, can I do something different? What, what process would we go through to kind of get ourselves to the point where we can answer with something other than it depends? Yeah. Yeah, our, our favorite and most hated answer. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think it, right off the top, it's, is it in a retirement account or is it not in a retirement account? Like yes. That's number one, the first thing that we want to look at is how is it titled from a tax perspective? Because then that does impact a lot of different variables or a lot of different options moving like forward. What? Like what? So what would let's, we, yeah, so let's just break say, that down for me. Yeah, so if it's in a retirement account, they are annuities are treated very much like a retirement account already because they get some preferential tax treatment um, to be within this annuity umbrella. 
So if you're putting an IRA inside of annuity, you're really not getting any additional tax benefits for that. But I guess yep. the, the positive side is there's really no difference in the way that it is taxed moving forward, unlike any other retirement accounts. Yeah, where so we, it's the other side of this that gets absolutely sticky, hairy, and confusing. And we don't want people to glaze over, but this is important to know, right? Yeah, it's, it's those accounts that are considered non-qualified or non-retirement dollars that have now been put in this annuity shell or this, this, you know, the underneath the annuity umbrella that now are treated differently than all of your other non-retirement dollars from a tax perspective. They are taxed yep. very differently. And that is usually, I think the part that people we talk to are the most confused about, or just they weren't educated on the outcome of owning this. Like some of the intricacies of how this is going to work in the future after more often than not you're not going to see or hear from that salesperson again yeah okay so you're 40 years old you've got this lump sum of money that came to you maybe it was an inheritance maybe you just had the savings and you're asked hey do you want to pay taxes on this money every year or do you want to wait until you're 59 and a half well I'll yeah. wait until I'm why would I want to pay taxes boom annuity but yes. now here we are somebody comes to us and says, well, I want to do something different with this. Maybe they're 50, they're 55. Mm -hmm. I put a hundred grand into this thing. It's worth 200,000. Sure. Now we got to be careful about this, right? Yeah. So let's, let's just, again, run that comparison between an annuity, a non-retirement annuity, and just a non-retirement investment account. So let's start with the investment account. If you put a hundred thousand dollars in an investment account, and it has grown to $200,000 over whatever that period of time was, you will pay on your dividends and interest as you go. I think this was a, a recent podcast of ours or, or will be an upcoming one around tax yep. time. <clears throat> um, you are, you're paying as you go for anything that it kicks off in terms of dividends and, and income, but you're not taxed on that larger gain. So if it grew to 200,000, you're not taxed on that $100,000 a gain until you sell it. But then I guess the, the nice thing is the IRS will say that that is a capital gain and it is treated differently from a tax perspective. It's, it's usually at a slightly lower tax rate, right. either 15 or 20%. Not at your ordinary income rate is, is the point. It's, it's at a reduced rate of either 15 or 20. Yeah. And we don't have a live audience to ask people to raise their hands if like we just went too deep. <laughs> but here's, here, yeah, here's the key with the, the annuity side of it. While you deferred taxation, and maybe that was part of the strategy, hey, we'll defer it, that gain is now not gains. And I know that's confusing to say. Yeah. It's ordinary income. So you actually yeah. delayed the taxes, but you may have put yourself in a more difficult tax position from a like rate, income tax rate standpoint. Yeah. So let, and I guess I should, yeah. So let me just add one more wrinkle or, or just one more specific part to that saying they, they deferred that income, using that same example, they put $100,000 in, let's say it, it kicked off 2% of dividends and interest, whether you were owning stocks or bonds, $2,000 a year of taxes or a $2,000 a year of income that would be taxable to you. If you put that $100,000 in annuity, that $2,000 a year that may be generated by the investments, you're not going to pay that tax in any given year. You're only going to pay that tax when you take it out in the future, much like a retirement account. However, to your right. point, even if it's a non-retirement annuity, 
you are going to pay taxes as if it is earned income. Right. So, so you no longer get that capital gains treatment. Yeah. So it's a, here, here's my takeaway. Depending on how that account is titled, right, and whether it was in a retirement account or not, makes a huge difference right off the bat on whether we think you can do something different with this or not, right? Because if it is a non-qualified, a non-retirement annuity, there are tax considerations that we really got to be careful about. Yes. Yeah. So and the word, the key word there is careful. Careful. So yeah, because you don't want that messed up. Mm -hmm. um, riders. Annuities yeah. are sometimes sold with frills and benefits. <laughs> um, yeah. The most common in my mind is, oh, you're, you may be worried. You're a more conservative investor. Let's put some sort of income protection on this. What the heck is that? And what should people know? So usually those, those income riders or, the, or those income benefits are tied to a variable annuity. So rabbit hole number one, what the heck's a, a variable annuity? What does that even mean? And the, the variable side of it is just the investments within the annuity, the investment options you have right. can, can, flu can fluctuate with the market, hence the term variable. It feels like any other stock investment, mutual fund, my 401k, whatever. Yep. Okay. So those, those income benefits were sold as a way to essentially replicate a pension, but you're doing it with your own dollars with an insurance company. They're going to give you a, a quote unquote guaranteed income stream over time that there's, again, even here, like my wheels are turning because each company has their own rules. Yeah. There are so many different insurance companies and each income rider is a very different than the next companies. Even within companies, they can have multiple versions of, of an income rider. And essentially what they're doing is they're promising to pay you back a percentage of that value at some point in the future in retirement, theoretically, and then for, for the rest of your lifetime. Over your lifetime. Yeah. So here's the point, my takeaway. If somebody has that income protection and the idea is maybe I don't want this anymore, or it doesn't serve my purpose, it mm -hmm. behooves us to kind of understand is the value that they will give you right now much lower than the value of the income over your lifetime. Like we need to do that analysis with you. It's not right. so simple or shouldn't be so simple as to say, I don't feel like I want this thing anymore. It's truly what is best for you. In the same yeah. way, another type of rider is a death benefit where maybe if the value of the contract went down, but the death benefit was the original amount you put in, it, depending on where you are in life, it may make sense to just continue to have that contract because somebody's going to get more out of it at, at your death than you will get out of it right now. Yeah. Um, by, that by matters the way, yeah. So by the way, those, those additional features, they don't come for free. Right? Yeah. They have, they have their own inherent costs. So when you're thinking about it from in the, the world of a variable annuity, where you're hoping for that contract to grow because it's an investment. Meanwhile, you are not only paying for the investment side of things, you're paying for the insurance wrapper on top of it, but now you're paying for some additional insurance in the term of either guaranteed income streams in the future or a guaranteed death benefit. Those fees start to add up very quickly, which makes it even harder for that contract to really grow over time because you're just having to jump over a bigger hurdle each year. Yeah, so there should be one more thing that we mentioned there and like what do we as CFPs look at? And one of the first things we may look at is 
what is the length of this contract? Are you still yeah. in some sort of period where you're penalized to do something different? Um, because to get some of those benefits or even to engage with that company's product, they may say, you've got to be in this for three years, seven years, 10 years, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And for you to even think about doing something different would be to your detriment because you're going to give up. You're going to pay a penalty right. to get access to that money. So that's an important yeah. caveat to know here too. Yeah, absolutely. So one more thing I think that we would want to look at, and you, you brought it up, um, are these variable contracts. There, there are the other side of this, fixed contracts, which mm -hmm. I guess we can just, I would like to just breeze over. That's essentially like a CD, right? We're going to give you a set interest rate over a period of time. So if somebody was able to have a renewable three, four, 5% interest rate, um, or certainly not in that interest rate environment anymore, mm -hmm. maybe it makes sense to keep. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's to your point. It's there. We, we certainly see that in our world for people that have stronger relationship with a bank, if they have a larger savings sure. account, it's very easy for the bank to reach out and say, hey, here's something that's gonna earn more than a CD. By the way, it's a little less liquid because you do have to tie it up for you know three or five or, or seven years or somewhere in that time frame. but you're getting a little bit more return on your savings for that. But again, you, you lose some additional flexibility through that Flexibility, process. yep, liquidity. And let's not even go to indexed annuities. I think for the sake of today, even, you know, no. not wanting to go down rabbit holes, if, as you said. Yeah. If you, if you have one, <laughs> yeah. if you have an index annuity, you have a question, we will absolutely uh, address that for you. Yeah. And this should be a rule of thumb for anybody. If you don't understand what you own or um, you don't understand what's being recommended to you, you probably shouldn't buy it. Okay. Yeah. So moving on, um, <laughs> how we handle it. I know we make the joke. It depends. What if somebody can't do something different? either based on the contract or based on the tax situation. Um, I know that we would go through the process then of maybe trying to see where it fits into the plan that they have, right? Mental accounting, repurposing things. If we can't sure. do something different, I'm thinking the example, you're in a contract, um, certainly doesn't behoove you to get out of it. Maybe it's got that income protection. Maybe that can act more like a bond in your portfolio, your overall allocation, because you now have what feels to us like a not risky asset. Yeah. And we so should account guess, for that with everything else. Yeah. And yes, yeah, so that's, that's, a, that's absolutely one way that we can kind of look at that as if, yeah, if they have something that you really can't get out of, and if the, the income benefits just far exceed the actual value in the contract, you know, has more value over time just that income stream, then yeah, maybe it is just that mental bucketing in your head that, you know, this portion of all of my assets, I'm just, I know I'm going to look at that just for its income stream. It's going to yep. act like a, it's going to act like a bond. It's going to allow me to right. maybe adjust my overall allocation accordingly. Um, that's certainly one way to look at it. And I guess one thing that we should have said earlier for non-retirement annuities, for you to really get access to those it now looks like a retirement account. If, you've bought, if you bought it before you were age 59 and a half, you have to wait to get access to it until you're after age 59 yeah. and a half. So, so yeah, that, my, that, so my mind was going to, if you're in that situation, you know, there now are other options with annuities that would allow you to exchange one for the other if you don't have a surrender period um, that may give you to a broader 
basket of investments at this point. Maybe it's more cost efficient, but you need to keep yeah. it in that kind of shell, mm -hmm. um, not only for tax purposes, but if you're a little bit younger. Yeah, you can move annuity to annuity. And again, like anything else, there's there's rules, there's yep. things that you need to you need to make sure you have your T's crossed and your I's dotted. But yeah, you can move from annuity to annuity and still keep that a tax-free event moving from, from one to the other. But yeah, if it's trying to get into something that is a little bit more streamlined, way more cost-effective, gives you better investment options, it's kind of the making the best of a not so great situation if you're already kind of in that in that annuity shell. Yeah, so I guess here's maybe my summary of, of what people should be taking away from this. There are a lot of complexities. There are a lot of intricacies. Yeah. Again, we hope your eyes aren't glazed over at this point, but if you do have an annuity, it is good to try to understand, okay, what, what really is it and what role is it gonna play for you moving forward? Or, Going back to the original question, if you can do something different and it behooves you to do something different, then you know have an independent financial advisor, a certified financial planner, assess that and give you a recommendation. Yeah, yeah. So how to handle it? It depends, but let's do the education first. Yeah, you gotta know what you own. Box of chocolates, I like it. Now you got me hungry for a box of chocolates. Not really, I don't like chocolates. Hey everyone, Adam and I really appreciate you tuning in. Please note that the opinions we voiced in the show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be most appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, your accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to making any decisions or investing. Thanks for listening.